It's Wednesday, March 23rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes out in the uh, the desert in Goodyear, Arizona. Paul uh, got to see yesterday's game between the Guardians and the San Diego Padres. Six to one Guardians win. Uh, got back on the winning track there and uh, got to see the first home run of the spring by Jose Ramirez. Yeah, that was... Uh... First home run and second hit of the spring uh, by uh, Ramirez. Uh, and he, we also got to see him uh, lose his helmet for the first time on a stolen base attempt at second base. He got thrown out. So he's in midseason form. Yeah, it's about, uh, sounds about right. And it also uh, was kind of refreshing to see Zach Plesak, Tristan McKenzie come in and both uh, look pretty good as well. Yeah, they pitched great, uh, Joe. I mean, uh, Plesak came in. Struck out four, two scoreless innings. You know he had, you know he gave up some. He had some traffic. Uh, he broke out the uh, the pickoff throw and uh, caught a cleat and threw it down to you know the first baseline. But uh, you know it was good to see as he still has confidence in that. And uh, McKenzie was really good, really sharp. Uh, uh, Trevor Steffen uh, relieved um, Plesac for an inning, and then they brought uh, Tristan in for two. Too scoreless, very efficient, and then you know he had to he had to go finish his uh, you know his day in the bullpen because you know he threw so it did he did you know he was so efficient in the first two, in his first two innings. So yeah, he sounded you know we talked to him after the game. Uh, you know he was feeling under the weather Monday, but said he felt fine uh, Tuesday, and he, and he looked it. Yeah, you talk about that pitch uh, pitch efficiency for. McKenzie, uh, that's night and day different than the the McKenzie we saw in April and May last season. Uh, but uh, you know he sort of turned it around late in the season last year. So whatever he he had figured out uh, towards the end of the campaign last year, uh, he he managed to to continue out there in spring training. It looks like, uh, and and that's a good sign for the Indians or for the Guardians rotation. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean. Um... You know, he, he, he just looks like uh, he's, he's much more confident, you know, much uh, more under control. And, he, and he's a pretty confident kid. You know, he just seems like, you know, he's, he's got it together. He knows what internally makes him work. And even though he might struggle at times, he knows he, how to bring it back in, in line. And, uh, you know, and, and I think it all starts with his, with his control and, his, and, you know, the fastball, the, the fastball, that fastball up in the zone. And then to be able to bring his, his breaking ball down in the zone. And, you know, he, he looked good. He, he really looked good. He's, that was encouraging. Yeah, it was, uh, it was encouragement from a couple of veterans uh, and uh, not on, uh, on the club last year in uh, Sal Perez and Miguel Cabrera. Um, both, you know, told McKenzie at, time, at different times last year, hey, you know, you belong here. Your, uh, your stuff plays. You're, you're, you're going to be a good, uh, good, effective pitcher. And I think after he got that confidence from from two guys who sort of uh, you know know what they're talking about, um, I think he really took off last year. So good to see that that's carrying over. Uh, as for the rest of the uh, the Guardians, uh, you know the the starters played uh, for the most part, uh, at least the, the the top of the order without. Uh, uh, with the exception of uh, Framil Reyes was wasn't in the lineup, but uh, you know everybody else uh, it looks like they're going to be uh, out there. Uh, Miles Straw had a hit. Uh, Ramirez, like you said, had two hits. 
Uh, Oscar Mercado, uh, another two hits there. Uh, his spring batting average, which I know is it's a spring batting average, but it's at uh, 571, uh, 1482 OPS. So uh, Mercado, at least putting in a bid right now for, uh, uh, you know, one of those corner outfield spots. Yeah, definitely. He, uh, you know, like you said, Joe, two for three. And uh, Terry Francona pointed out his hustle double in the uh, second inning on, a, you know, a, a hit to, to uh, right field. I think it was right field. Yeah, a hit to right field where, you know, he could have just stopped at first. And, um, you know, just no one would have said anything on that. Uh, just, uh, you know, a regular single, but he turned it into a double. And uh, he and he said, and Francona said, that's the way we've got to play this year. If we're going to win, we've got to, you know, really force the opposition. We've got to force the issue and take the extra base. He also said uh, Miles Straw did the same thing later in the game, I think in the fifth inning. Uh, Yu Chang and Andreas Jimenez uh, also with a couple of hits each. Uh, so uh, guys who got a, a lot of that uh, experience and playing time. Uh, last season uh, looked like they're the the ones who are, are you know, at least early in spring uh, spring games are, are at least, you know, starting to produce a little bit uh, at the plate as well. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Mercado and Chang are out of options, you know, so this is a big camp for them. And uh, Jimenez, you know, <laughs> whether he plays shortstop or, or second base, he's got a lot of competition in camp. And, you know, he needs to show, show well uh, this spring. He, in, no matter how short a window he gets, he's two for three. He's hitting 444, four for nine at the start of camp. So he's off to a good start. And, uh, you know, Chang is, what, 571, four for seven. He drove in a couple runs, more runs yesterday. And uh, Francona said it looks like he's a lot more confident, and he hopes that confidence continues to, uh, you know, that he rides that confidence. and. Because you know the guy we've saw, we've seen he can, he's a pretty good hitter, especially in the second half last year. We've seen he can you know drive the ball and hit the ball out of the park. Uh, but uh, you know now now I think uh, the Guardians want to see it on a consistent basis. Well, uh, there there might be room for both Jimenez and Chang on that opening day roster now, uh, after a few of uh, Major League Baseball's uh, rules and adjustments for the. The 2022 season uh, have, have been reported here uh, that will be reportedly approved uh, this week by owners after uh, the league and the Players Association came to an agreement uh, yesterday. Um, those include expanding the roster to 28. So uh, that helps out guys like Jimenez and Chang in terms of creating a couple of extra roster spots. Uh, I got to believe at least uh, at least one of those roster spots is going to go to a pitcher, uh, probably two. But, uh, you know, that helps in a lot of ways for uh, that, that crowded infield with guys like Jimenez and Chang. Yeah, and I think, uh, you, know, um, you know, Carl Willis, the whole the, the Cleveland's pitching group have been waiting to see, you know, just how many, how many players are going to be able to open the season with. And so they can sit down and map out who's, who's starting and, you know, get ready for, for the season because it's coming fast. You know, right. it's, it's April 7th and uh, it's short spring. And so they've got to, you know, they've really got to get their, you know, starters aligned, uh, you know. And I think now that they, you know, have got an idea that it's going to be 28, that's really going to help them uh, kind of just, re, you know, figure out, you know, how many pitchers are going to carry and who's pitching in, in what spot. 
Well, and they can get down to whatever numbers they need to quicker so they can get guys more work during the spring if they have to, uh, if, if that's something that's necessary. I, I think uh, having the, the target number and knowing the target number earlier helps, uh, helps the staff, at least in that regard. Uh, the, other, the other rules that are, are going to be in place, uh, we see the return of Everybody keeps calling it the ghost runner. I don't, I don't, it's the additional runner. It's the extra runner. It's, it's not a ghost runner. You, you, how is it a ghost runner? Uh, but if the league is calling it the ghost runner, then uh, this is what we used to play with out in the, uh, out in the front yard. Uh, when we, when we'd hit around a tennis ball with a wooden bat, uh, the, the ghost runner in extra innings, uh, will start at second base again, like it has the last couple of seasons. Uh, in, in extras, I, I liked Terry Francona's idea about playing a 10th inning without the ghost runner and then, you know, starting that in the 11th. But I guess that's not how MLB is going to do it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, Joe, but it, you know, when you're covering a game and it goes into extra innings, it's, it's kind of like, okay, you know, if it's, you know, you, you take a deep breath and then you kind of get ready for, the next, uh, you know, the next five, six, seven innings. And, uh, you know, you kind of relax a little bit, but with, with, with that automatic runner on second base, you know, in, starting in the 10th inning, that thing can end like, like mm -hmm. in, in the snap of a fingers, a blink of an eye. So it really changes the dynamic of the game. It puts a lot of pressure on the relief pitcher who comes in, I think really, you know, really kind of exposes him and almost puts him in an unfair, you know, position, I think. And uh, but it changes the game and, and, and these things end fast now. Yeah. And uh, it's it's hard to figure out, you know, for scoring purposes and, and all sorts of, you know, how, how do you write a story where you talk about the the ghost runner on second scored uh, to win the game and, and, and who gets credit for what? And uh, it, it causes just really clunky kind of uh, construction there. But uh, I understand why the league wants to do it. I think. Uh, the majority of players were in favor of it. So that was kind of surprising. You know, the, the players are, are traditionally they're, they're more uh, against making changes like substantive changes to the game itself like that uh, when it comes to things like this, but they seem to be in favor of it. Yeah. And maybe it gets them out of the ballpark faster. I don't know. There's, there's not, there's not 18 any games or, you know, Trevor Bauer isn't uh, you know, coming out of his start the day before to uh, to pitch six innings like he did that game in uh, Toronto, that 18-inning game, and that, that screwed up the Indians pitching staff for two weeks. You know, back in, to, what, 2017 when they had won, what, 20 in a row? Was that their 20th or 14th? I, I can't remember. No, that. no. That was, that was 2016. 2016, right. Yeah. When they had won 14 in a row, right? Right, uh, correct. Yeah, and uh, so uh, – so I, I, you know, I, I can see both sides of it and uh, you know, it's, it's really no fun. I don't think watching a 20 inning game and having a bullpen well, blown out and then having a third baseman come in and, and pitch the last two innings and, and, you know, give it up. Yeah. The numbers that I had seen uh, comparing uh, 2019 to 2021, the two, the two most recent full seasons with and without that ghost runner uh, added the extra inning games, I think they, they went from like uh, uh, the number of games that went at least 11 innings dropped from like 60 in 2019 to like around a dozen or so in uh, 2021. 
and there was only one game that went at least 15 innings in 2021. So, you know, that, that really does help uh, cut down the numbers there. Uh, so expanded runner, ghost runner, or, uh, expanded roster, ghost runner, nine inning double headers, and uh, the Otani rule is, uh, is going to be in effect uh, for the, the 2022 uh, season, I, I think, and probably beyond. And it's a rule that's really only going to affect uh, Shohei Otani and the Angels. And it says that if a pitcher starts the game and is in the lineup as a batter as well, as Shohei Otani does, once he comes out of the game as a pitcher, he can stay in the, in the uh, lineup as a DH. So he doesn't have to play in the field, but he once he's sitting in the dugout as uh, being removed from the game, he then becomes the DH. So you don't have you don't start the game with a DH per se because your DH is batting or your, your DH is in the field um, pitching. But then when he comes out of the game as a pitcher, he becomes the DH and whatever reliever that comes in to replace him doesn't have to hit. Oh, that's interesting because, you know, when he pitched against uh, Cleveland out on, on the West Coast last year, he was he was a starting pitcher and then he moved to right field, I think, uh, after Correct. he came that, out of the game. Because that's how that's how Madden had to do it in order to keep him in the lineup for an extra at bat or two. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess it's it's the most fair in that everybody else gets to keep their DH the whole game batting in the same spot in the lineup. And, and really, he's the same person. He's not, you know, a different player batting in that spot. He's the same player. He's just, he just has a different role. What you're really doing with that rule is you're, you're allowing that role to, to change from pitcher to DH in the same spot. As long as he's not batting out of order, he, there's no advantage or disadvantage to uh, the Angels. Yeah, and, and he's, you know, one of the faces of baseball right now, one of the most popular players, I would think one of the big gate attractions and you probably want to keep him in the lineup uh, for as long keep him in the game as long as possible. Right. Well, I mean, you, if there's a critical at bat in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and you know, he he's left the game after the fifth as a pitcher, I, you got to imagine you would want him uh, at the plate in one of those big innings. You're, you're robbing baseball, you're robbing fans of the opportunity to see, a Shohei Otani walk-off home run, if if that's the case, and uh, I think that's one of the one of the goals that's being achieved by this uh, by this new rule. Do we uh, do we see a, an influx of two-way uh, players now, Joe? Or is everybody going to be looking for the next Otani? You know, we talked about that last year when uh, when Otani was having the success that he's been having, and uh, I think it, that's going to take a while to get those guys to the big leagues, but. Yeah, didn't we see the Guardians? Uh, didn't we see Cleveland draft uh, a two-way player within the last couple of years? And uh, yeah, I mean, I we, when I was out here the first time. We talked to a couple of guys. Uh, Will Benson, I think Will uh, Will Will Brennan was a was a two-way guy and was drafted mm -hmm. as a pitcher and a hitter. And uh, Logan Logan Allen, I think too, he was a hitter and 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 a pitcher. Uh, but, you know, obviously, you know, he's a Logan Allen's a pitcher now and, and right. uh, Brennan is a hitter, but they were kind of two way guys. Well, Zach Plesak, uh, you know, is is I think probably the 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 Guardians player most hurt by uh, the universal DH rule, because like we talked about before, every time they play uh, San Diego, there would be an opportunity for Plesak to step into the box against Mike Clevenger 
uh, and, and vice versa. But uh, we, we won't get to see that uh, dream matchup between those two uh, uh, play out on the field uh, anytime soon. All right, let's uh, take a look at, uh, obviously, the, the big news of the day yesterday was, pay, yesterday was payday. Uh, you could hear the, uh, the cash <laughs> register opening and closing over and over again. Every time my, uh, my phone went off uh, with, uh, with tweets from uh, some of the national writers uh, talking about who got who, uh, who, who joined the $10 million club. God, I, Bob Nightingale, that, that drove me crazy. Um, over and over again, uh, guys reportedly uh, agreeing to terms with their arbitration cases for the Guardians. Uh, like you said, they went seven for seven. And uh, the, the big one was the biggest question mark in Shane Bieber, who uh, gets a one one year, six million dollar deal. Uh, but, you know, that that takes uh, off the table uh, for at least for now, the the thought of uh, working out a long term extension for Bieber. Yeah, uh, and, and it was a surprise. It was it came in under the de- right after the deadline, Joe. I mean, a couple hours after the deadline, and you know, I guess the deadline for exchanging figures was one p.m. ET, you know, Eastern. Uh, but uh, if under certain circumstances, negotiations could continue. So Bieber, I don't think signed till maybe four, maybe six o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, and. Uh, so that, that caught me a little bit off guard. I thought it was, you know, I thought he, for sure he was going to a, a hearing, but they got that done. And just, I think just, um, you know, having this deal done doesn't mean they can't necessarily continue to talk about a, 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 an extension. Uh, but I would think, you know, in this short spring, you know, that that's, they'll kick that can down the road. Yeah. And we've been saying that the last two or three, you know, springs in the last two or three seasons that hey you know this is a this is a guy that's a candidate this is a guy that we want to lock up we we want to see this happen uh and uh, do you, are you starting to get the same feelings or vibes from from Bieber as we did early on when we realized that Francisco Lindor was a guy that we wanted to offer a a, a long-term deal to and you know the, the 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 talk out of Lindor's camp was you know yes I want to be here uh, you know, let's, let's try to get something done. And then just n- nothing ever materialized. Yeah. We've, we've been through this song and dance before Joe. And, uh, you know, I was encouraged that, uh, just that they, they got a deal done, you know, and they always got a deal done with, uh, with Lindor too. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they never went to arbitration with him. And, you know, he, what, he, I think he signed what the last time around was like 10, 13 million, something right around in there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I would think, you know, the odds are probably Bieber is headed for whatever, free agency, but they still have, they control him for three more years, counting this season. And, uh, you know, he says he's open to it, but it, like you said, we've heard that before. Right, yeah, it's, it's a familiar, uh, it, it's shaping up to go down a familiar path uh, with Bieber. And I, I, I guess the, the hope is that it, 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 Bieber's example doesn't, trickle down to guys like, uh, you know, Plesak, Savali, Tristan McKenzie. I mean, these are the next guys in line who, who you could want to lock up. And uh, you don't want it to be like a virus and spread to all of them. And, and they, all, they all just go uh, to the end of their arbitration. And then uh, you're either trading them or, you know, uh, or, or watching them walk away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you, know, if you, you know, if you want your players to be open, 
to an extension, Joe, you know, or, you know, at least, uh, you know, keep their, keep their ears open to it. I think you've got to show that you're willing to build a, a powerful club, a, a big club, a contending club. And, and so far, you know, this season, if you're Shane Bieber and you're looking around at the transactions that Cleveland has made, you're sitting there, well, you know, I think I might just <laughs> continue to sit in the fence here until you guys show me something. You know, obviously, you know, six million bucks for one year that, you know, that's showing you something. But I think, you know, all ball players want to win and they want to be part of a, a, an organization that has a chance to win every season. And, uh, you know, so I think, you know, it's hand in hand. It takes the player, but it also takes the club showing a commitment to building something that the player wants to be a part of, you know, for an, for an extended amount of time. Well, well, hey, the Guardians just spent $24 million yesterday. You know, they, uh, it's just not the same, right? That was $24 million they had to spend uh, as opposed to uh, $24 million they, they could add on additionally to that. Yeah, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting, Joe. You know, okay, so they got the arbitration stuff away. That's a big bite, you know, $25 million. Okay, so now what do they do? You know, they've got nine players under contract. Uh, to about for about 36 million now you know you got to fill out the rest of that roster 28 guys are are they all going to make the minimum like 700 grand you know just to write around there well and or are you going to you know are you going to bring somebody in are you going to make a deal is there is there still time to make a deal and uh are are there are there players out there that you still want and right. you know, so it, it's still it's going to be an interesting what what we got two weeks left maybe or yeah two and a half weeks two and a half weeks left to a camp so you know, I think they can still turn over a stone here and find somebody. Well, let's uh, let's hope that the uh, the that behind the scenes they're they're sort of the, the wheels are turning the, the hamster wheels are turning and and they're they're trying to get things uh, in line to to bring uh, somebody in here to help out. Uh, as well. Uh, Shane Bieber on the mound today in uh, against uh, the, the Dodgers they'll be facing. Uh, Clayton Kershaw uh, will be opposing him. Uh, should be a good matchup for uh, for the Guardians and, and Bieber in his first outing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, they're in Glendale, just a short drive up I-10 from, uh, from Goodyear. Uh, Bieber versus uh, Kershaw. Then uh, we all, we're all going to see we, we also get to see the uh, spring debuts of Eli Morgan, Emmanuel Classe, and uh, Anthony Ghost. So, uh, you know, that, that'll be fun. Yeah, lots of names to uh, keep track of as well. Lindsay, uh, have fun out there in Glendale. We will uh, check back in with you again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. 